Thanks for tuning in to Flicks and Joysticks, where Grizzly and Daniel sit around and talk about their thoughts and feelings about movies and video games, past, present, and future. Hey, welcome to another episode of Flicks and Joysticks, where we talk about our opinions, um, video games and movies and all the whatnots. Um, but in today's episode, we're going to be talking about perfect casting roles, actors or actresses that have been cast in a role that they just really embody it and make it perfect. But before that, we've got the news of the day. Daniel, what you got? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so I'm sure everyone's heard about this so far. Nothing surprising, really, either. The PS5 and the Xbox Series X, is that the right name? I mean, they, they, they've they got 14 different names for three different consoles, so at this like, point, I'm a little confused. <laughs> we have to have X in it. Yes. But, sir, there's there's two in it already, Xbox. No, there's got to be an X. Yes. Someone someone is, like, holding hard on that opinion at, at the Microsoft <laughs> Foundation. Like, they're literally the X-Man. That's probably their nickname. So, yeah, but anyways, <laughs> you know, I'll, you can look it up for yourselves. There's a lot of really good tech in them. I mean, it's obviously going to push the boundaries on the new graphics and speed and stuff like that. Loading times will be diminished. I mean, just things you can expect. But, Chris, I'm curious your opinion. Price point. What? Not, not, don't tell me what you're going to do or not going to do. Just if mm-hmm. you had no money, wasn't a big deal, what is your ideal price point for a next-gen console? Um, I think a fair would be right around five five hundred because mm-hmm. I mean because uh, you because we're getting into um, almost like PC level actually I mean like PC level graphics and mm-hmm. and all of that so you know good PCs are obviously more than that but I think for home console I think that's a good that's a good starting point right around there obviously I'd like to like for it to be less if possible but you know i think i think that's a fair starting point i do too i do i do i agree with the five um i believe that the money to be made nowadays as compared to you know maybe the super nintendo and the and the nct4 even i think the money to be made isn't in console sales i think it's in the games and then also Mm like the online subscriptions you also have yeah. like um um what am i trying to say the 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 variety of stuff that people can do through like xbox live or playstation network games music mm-hmm. movies i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. they're making the consoles to be an all-in-one entertainment system and yeah. i that's where i think they make their most money from i could i could be statistically wrong that's just the really big selling point of these systems now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and wouldn't it be – obviously, this won't happen, but, like, what What if just one of them waited till the other other one released their price at about 500 and the other one just came in and said, 300 Yeah. You get our system. <laughs> just cut them bad, yeah. Yeah. It's like – and their whole idea would be just we want to get this as, as many hands as possible because, like you said, mm-hmm. make money through the game tails and through um, all the other services and, and, what, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. So I, do, I, I, I do. Go ahead. I, go, no, you go ahead. I was going to say I, I do think, though, on the other side of that coin, 
I do feel like if you started knocking on the door of seven or eight hundred, I do think that would be way too far, way yeah. too far up the scale. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a good chance I won't be able to afford it at five hundred, but I mean, it definitely if it's more than that, there's no way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at least not for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, th- that's really all I want to talk about the news of the day because we got bigger f- fish to fry right here, man. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We do, we do. Um, you know, see, well, which one do you want to do first? Do you want do you want to do the perfect castings? Well, I mean, I, I kind of feel like that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so perfect castings for movies. When you sit down, movie theater seat, seat on a poster, TV show, whatever, when you watch it and that character comes onto the screen, that man or woman playing that specific role is the embodiment of that character, whether it be from a book, from a game, from an original story. However, these are the, mm-hmm. these are the castings that stick with you, okay? So, Chris, do you want to go through your list first? Do you want me to hit mine? Uh, why don't we go back and forth, and why don't you start okay. us, and you can you can do one, and we can talk about it. And I'm with that, you. That kind of thing. I'm with you. Okay. So, first, this one, oh, man, I just love it so much. It, it, it's, it's, again, like I just said, the perfect embodiment, and no one can replace them. Hugo Weaving, Agent Smith mm-hmm. in The Matrix. If yeah, I, I mean, if I sit back and said to you, Mr. Anderson, you can, you visualize his face. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. You cannot picture anybody else playing that or anything like that. And man, I will go one step further and say, you know, there were other agents in the matrix movies, but I can't picture any of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's true. Like, so, I mean, I, I mean, I guess if I thought real hard, I could, but. Yeah. But the rest of them are forgettable. And that's how, like you said, anybody in that role other than Hugo Weaving would be. They'd be forgettable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's he's a good actor in general. I mean, he's got a bunch mm-hmm. of, of iconic stuff anyways. But, but I mean, I Lord mean, Elrond, you know. Yeah, I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I know we talked about that in another podcast. Yeah, disclaimer, um, we've talked about Lord of the Rings before. So check out one of our earlier podcasts and we'll talk about the casting in that, but we're, we're leaving that off the table since we've already covered that before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good luck keeping that out of here, Chris. Good luck. <laughs> I'm sure it'll circle around. All right. So what do you got? Um, and, and by the way, these are in no particular order, just kind mm-hmm. of the way I jot, jotted them down. Um, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Mm. I mean, I don't really even think I need to say anything else because if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've been living under a rock. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you're pro- if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're definitely not listening to this podcast. That's also <laughs> true too, yeah. I feel but, like with that role, with the way that he, he kind of pulled that character out of the gutter, mm-hmm. I really feel like he did. I mean, other people have played him in the past. I was going all the way back to the 80s. Not that they did a terrible job, but he took it way, way yeah. beyond what I what I even expected him to be able to do with his portrayal of that guy. I mean, when 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 that movie was coming out, and I knew we were going to have another Joker, I was in my head. I was before I saw the movie, I was you. You got to be kidding me! Like, mm-hmm. 
like this another Joker again, seriously. Mm-hmm. And um and then I went from that to after at the end of the movie, my jaw was just dropped at how just amazing it was, mm-hmm. you know. I mean mm-hmm. and, and I, I I have not seen the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, so I don't know how well he did, but and I think he'd probably do a good job, but it's almost like can we just leave it alone? Like we almost need to leave Batman alone. Like we've yeah. had enough remakes. We've had enough everything, but well, you know, bad news, my man, <laughs> you know who the next Batman is, don't you? I do. I do. And I'm actually, I, I am genuinely interested to see how he portrays him. Um, Robert Pattinson, if the, if, for those of you that don't know, is going to be the next Batman. And yeah. I think, I think he's a good actor. I think he's just, Taking some crappy roles, like I think. I mean, you do what you got to do, and you know <laughs> right. what I mean. I mean, you you don't turn down a paycheck. I get it. Mm-hmm. I am not skeptical. I'm keeping an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the the really honestly with him, the only thing I'm really curious about is where in the Batman timeline is this going to take place? Like, is this is this an older Batman? I think with him, it's going to be a younger Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of maybe just starting out, kind of Batman kind of thing. Not necessarily Batman Begins, yeah, but maybe slightly after that, if that makes any kind of sense. That's my guess. Yeah, but I still, I mean, while I'm interested in seeing him, I just feel like we, I still, I still hold that we have enough Batman. Like, yeah, we, we just have enough, and we definitely have an, enough Joker, which is yeah. what I was originally talking about, anyways. So. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I. I agree. It's hard to top something that's on the top of the mountain. You know what I mean? With Heath yeah. Ledger doing it, it's it's tough. And you know, will um, will I keep watching them when they come out? Yes, I will because yeah. it's Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, sorry. Yep. Okay, we won't harp on that. No, you're longer. fine. <laughs> well, it, la- last thing, I'm I'm rooting for it to do well. Like yeah. when Ben Affleck took that role, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I really liked him as Batman. I, I might be the only one that says that, but yeah. as an older, grittier mm-hmm. Batman that's kind of been through it a little bit, I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I really did. I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, all right, moving on. To see, there's a Batman rabbit. See? Told you. Mm-hmm. It's Every bad, time. dude. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next one is J.K. Simmons. J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this guy from the haircut, the suspenders, the voice, his his uncanny ability to grab that attitude and snarkiness from the comics and put it onto the screen yes. is amazing. I I just enjoyed it. I wanted more Jonah Jameson, man. I well, really did. <laughs> and, you know, we actually got that because he was the voice actor in the, the latest – the Spider-Man game for PS4, he was Jay Jonah Jameson yeah. in that too. Even and so, I mean, they knew they knew that he was Jay yes. Jonah Jameson. So yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and and again, this goes back to what we said. Is there anybody else you could see doing that? Not really, but I also every time I hear his voice, after I hear his voice, I want to go. We are farmers. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true too. Yeah, <laughs> two, two iconic roles for that guy. There yeah, you go. yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. But, he yeah. he to me actually did better 
in his role than Tommy McGuire did as Spider Man. I didn't like I didn't like him as Spider Man. Uh, and, and this wasn't one of our lists, but it, since we're talking about Spider Mans, in my opinion, Tom Holland is the best of both worlds. I think Tobey Maguire was an okay Peter Parker, but kind of a terrible Spider Man. And uh, uh, Andrew Garfield was a good Spider Man, but kind of a terrible Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And I think Tom Holland hit that sweet spot. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. All right, so J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons is mine. Mm-hmm. Give me your next one. My next one is Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, and I, <laughs> I know I know a lot of people would actually disagree with me because uh, especially some older people that um, mm-hmm. have watched and grew up with the earlier James Bonds um, would probably say Roger Moore because he was in like twenty some I don't know maybe not twenty but yeah. uh, he was in a ton of them but. Um, for me, you know, Golden Eye was my first James Bond movie, anyways, mm-hmm. and that was Pierce Brosnan's first James Bond movie, and mm-hmm. and he just, I think, from the class, the classiness to the age to the just the nuances and everything, I think he portrayed him. I think he is James Bond in my eyes, you know. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and yes, I mean we're not dumb. We know that your first experience with that character that's always going to stick but that's not really the 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 point that the uh, your your point is exactly right he just has that look he has that that handsome devil and and the attitude and his even the way he talks you know what I mean it really fits yeah. in well with the character that's supposed to be half playboy half spy mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean yeah <laughs> And we we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we um, when uh, with the new ones with Daniel Craig, you know, I enjoy those movies immensely. I enjoy mm-hmm. Daniel Craig immensely, but I don't know that he's the perfect embodiment of James Bond. Correct. I think that they, yeah. I think they could have made. I think the movies that he made that are James Bond movies could have had James Bond, uh, the James Bond license st- stuff stripped out of it. And just like another a new IP, and it yeah. would have been amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't. He didn't need the James Bond label to make it into a James Bond movie. It could have been the right. same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. Pierce Brosnan, man. I mean, they they even like put him in the GoldenEye video game, and it was just it was so <laughs> yes. awesome. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that game was. Um, I mean, we're getting a little off topic here, but uh, that game was iconic in so many ways. It was kind of the first. No, it's it wasn't the first first-person shooter, but it was the first one that massively played by your average Joe sitting around with mm-hmm. your friends. I mean, it's just we yeah. all, we all played that. Everybody who was alive yes. then and had a Nintendo sixty-four played GoldenEye, and yep. so just an iconic yep. game. Yep, and you were a douche if you were odd job. All right, moving oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. What's your next right, one? So I got, I got. Now this might be the best one on the list, maybe uh, uh, on my list. Uh, Robin Williams, the genie in Aladdin. Mm. I, I've seen people try to do voiceovers of the genie. Obviously, the new Will Smith. Ugh. I haven't seen it. I think you've seen it, correct? Yeah, yeah. 
Worst movie ever. Worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, okay, moving on. All right. <laughs> Robin Williams by himself, just, you know, whether it's your childhood or you were an adult when his kids' movies was coming out, mm-hmm. I know that he had serious roles and he did great in some of his, you know, more deeper characters and stuff like that. But like Flubber, Aladdin, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he, was, he was all over the place. But I think. The genie, it's almost like they like he did the voiceover and then they drew the genie to match his voice. Does that right. make sense? Right, right, totally. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible. Yeah, and it's he was truly, truly fit for that role. I loved it. I and loved you're it. right. I've um, uh, there's a game called Kingdom Hearts. You probably heard of it. I don't know if you ever played it or not. But anyways, mm-hmm. you go to um, Agrabah is one of the things, and they have a genie there. But it's not Robin Williams, and it's it's so oh. obvious. It's so obvious, man. Wow, wow. Uh, and, and and I've seen this before, and this I guess kind of supplements what I'm saying. Um, Shrek, who obviously is done by Mike Myers mm-hmm. and Austin Powers and such, he actually was. I don't know if he wasn't the first choice, but he wasn't the only choice for that role. It was actually Chris Farley. Hmm. And there is some rare and real short uh, footage. It's almost, it's not like uh, like a full movie, you know, finished product. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a, a sketch almost mm-hmm. um, of Chris Farley actually talking to Eddie Murphy, the donkey, doing a few lines. Huh. And it fits very well with Shrek. Yeah, I could see that. But you, yeah, but you can't say that with a genie. Mm-mm. You can't say that with Robin Williams at the genie. Mm-hmm. You, do, it's, you can't. I love it. He's sing. I mean, he even sang the songs and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? He did so good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Give me your next one. My next one is also a voice and also in a Disney movie. And that would be Jeremy Irons as Scar in The Lion King. Oh, oh, oh <clears> I mean, yes. Just that brooding, deep, thick, yes. thick timber voice that's. Um, and, and you know what? A, a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but I love James Earl Jones's voice. I love Morgan Freeman's voice, but Jeremy Irons for me is above them. Like I could, mm. I could listen to Jeremy Irons talk all day. In fact, if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to pay him to read me bedtime stories. <laughs> <laughs> and no, oh, that's let, not a bad idea. <laughs> let me tell you, like. I, this is not a joke. This is 100% accurate. My wife and I watched an hour-long documentary on salmon, on the life cycle of the salmon, just because okay. Jeremy Irons was na- narrating it. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. you got to be kidding me, dude. <laughs> I'm not. No jokes. No jokes. We did. And it was, it was sublime. I mean... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's bliss, isn't it? I mean, that's just that's just bliss, audio bliss. Yeah, and and I I loved the new remake of Lion King, but the only thing that was missing was Jeremy Irons' Scar. Scar just didn't have that same <sighs> grit, or you know, that same. But you just can't replace him. His voice is so unmistakable; you just can't replace yeah. that. Yeah, if. If 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 some, if you close your eyes 
and he started spitting out some lines from Scar. <laughs> yeah. You could just see an evil grimace on his face. That's what everybody else would picture too. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. That's a good one. That's 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 I think that's one that some people might not really think of. You know what I mean? That's yeah. one they kind of gloss over. I didn't think about it until you said it. And and you know, I almost went with James Earl Jones as Mufasa cuz that's a really good one too, but True. for me, Scar with Jeremy Irons. So, True. what's your next one? <laughs> All right, so my next one, this is a personal one. It hits close to home. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly. Love mm-hmm. Back to the Future mm-hmm. movies. I mean, I grew up watching them. My dad loves them. He's the one that you know kind of introduced them to me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're classics. <sighs> but Michael J. Fox as the, what's the word? Quirky is that the right word to use for him? The quirky teenager, kind of, maybe. Kind of, kind of quirky, kind of like um, unsure of himself. Kind of, I mean, he just he fit that role really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And he and he kind of played the relationship with the doc very well too. Like he, but that's because of his 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 fun nature. You know what I mean? Like he had a very fun nature with himself. So yeah. Yeah, it, it it made it all work. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit of innocence too, a little bit of a little bit of good guy, like a little bit of hero kind of attitude with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would this is a question for you? Could mm-hmm. any, could anybody else have done Teen Wolf? Hmm. Mm. That's a lot of people to choose from back then in the eighties, and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Possibly, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. We'll have to think on that one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. but yeah, just and through all three movies, even even in part three when they go to the old west and he puts on like the cowboy hat and he tries to walk around with a little mm-hmm. bit of a cowboy attitude and persona. <laughs> he he can't. It, he does good, but it's almost like he's acting too hard because his character can't be that tough or something. <laughs> right. It's right. Great. I love it. I absolutely yes. love all those movies, man. I know way too much about yes. them than I should. I, I really do. And you know, what's weird is that is actually a franchise that I would like to see more movies out of. We're getting more Ooh. movies out of everything else. So why not ah. some back to the future? I strongly disagree. I feel like that is sacred ground, buddy. I'll be really? honest with you. I feel like that is that is something that doesn't need touched. I I think it needs to be left well, I alone. I don't need. I don't mean like a reboot. We don't need a reboot. But you know how like Star Wars expounded upon itself, and we have newer okay. stuff. I, okay, I, that's kind of what I mean. More okay. than I I don't. We don't need a reboot for sure. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Like, I guess there's not really anywhere else for the story to go. Honestly, but I just. Yeah. I just loved it so much. I just want more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it may be because in all three of the movies, all the moving parts you see are literally right there on screen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's not really any other characters that get affected outside what you really see. Right. So, and there's not many, too many um, contributing factors other than, you know, Biff and Doc and everybody. You know what I mean? That's kind of like all right there. As mm-hmm. opposed to Star Wars where... I mean, for 30 years, you didn't know who got the Death Star plans. You know what I mean? Like, right. Or 40 right, years, right. how long it was. So, That's yeah. true. That's true. 
Yeah. So maybe uh, I redact I redact my statement, <laughs> but I just I just loved them so much, you know. I just love. I hear movies. you. I hear so. you. I hear you. But sometimes, if you love something enough, you gotta let it go, man. <laughs> and if it comes back to you and all that, no, that's so <laughs> stupid. I hate that so much. <laughs> oh man! All right, go ahead. Give me your next one. All right. Um, so I am a I'm an avid Hunger Games fan. Um, Okay. I read I read the books before the movies came out, and when I, I went and saw the first movie, I was saw it in theaters with my wife, and um, when it first showed Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss Everdeen, that was exactly what I pictured when I was reading the book. When I wow. when I was reading through those books, she embodied every aspect of that character. Like, um, wow, the from the quirkiness to the 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 stuff that almost looks like she's maybe not being a great actress that was the character of Katniss Everdeen it wasn't really okay. it wasn't her i don't think it was her playing a, a being a bad actress i think it was her being a phenomenal actress in that sense because she was embodying that character um and if you'd read the books you would feel it too and i mean just everything from her look to how she acted just everything and and of course that was that was i don't know if it was the first but that was the series that uh, sparked this whole uh dystopian future thing and then now yeah. we have everything is dystopian future but i still like hunger games yeah the best out of those yeah see i i didn't know anything about hunger games when they were coming out i didn't know they were books i mean obviously i caught on pretty quick but i, I didn't know anything about them and uh, my wife, she she read them. She said, hey, we want to go see the movie. Well, of course, absolutely. We went and seen all three. Of the three, I think when Jennifer Lawrence was on her, the, the with me having no knowledge of seeing this character and then talking to Amanda about it, the first movie really captured that character. The mm-hmm. first movie really hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. With Katniss and Jennifer Lawrence kind of melding, and and sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah. Sometimes, as an actor, actress, it really seems like they need to find their footing before they encompass that character. And I have a good example, in my opinion, is Christian Bale as Batman. Mm-hmm. Not that he didn't do a good job in in um, the in Batman Begins. He did fine, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't until the Dark Knight. Uh, uh, yeah, the Dark Knight. That I feel like he really caught on to that character. He really latched on to Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, well, I I really enjoyed that that first one with her. And I'll tell you, it's true in Lord of the Rings. Yes, I'm bringing it up again. It's true in Lord of the Rings. It's true in Star Wars. It's true in a lot of these movies. Um, uh, the best characters are the ones that are actors that you may not have heard of before the movie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you don't, because if it's, if it, even if it's your favorite actor, you've already got in your mind what that actor does and is. But if you've got a new person coming and that they're, I don't know. I mean, you don't have any expectations really because you don't know anything about them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's yes, they can disappoint, but mm-hmm. they're, they're going to raise you up higher as opposed to how much they'll disappoint you and you yeah. kind of drop your, drop your height down a little bit. So yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. And that's, I think that's another one people would kind of gloss over if mm-hmm. you asked them. Yeah. 
Totally with you. Well, what's your next? All right. So this one I think is universal for me and you. I don't think there's really any <laughs> disagreement here. Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, buddy, <laughs> I, that that may be that may be like top two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And 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 I'm not talking about just like the solo Wolverine movies, going mm-hmm. all the way back all the way back to the first X Men. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, he's the only redeemable quality about that first X Men movie because it was yeah. kind of it's kind of bad. It was kind of a bad movie. Think I think that it. might be another one where they had to find their footing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he uh, he to me. Not not just in his portrayal on screen, but his commitment off screen mm-hmm. to fit into that character. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I've I've looked at like the physical fitness routines and stuff he had to do and go through to get in that kind of shape for those roles. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how he's still alive. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I don't understand, man. Yeah, that's so much commitment, but you can tell. It wasn't just physical commitment. He still was an actor trying to fit into this very, very difficult role to fit into. Like, how popular is Wolverine? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he's he's the X-Men. I mean, that's mm-hmm. debatable, of course, but he's you can't debate he's top three. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's the X-Men. You know how much pressure it is to <laughs> nail a role like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you've got fans especially something like like that you've got fans that have been fans for years years mm-hmm. and years before you even attempt this so mm-hmm. i mean it's but he did it but yeah. the, the problem's gonna be is if they try to reboot wolverine with somebody else i just don't think it's gonna work it will be it will be hard to see someone else be wolverine but I think it may have to be what you just said, an actor we've never really heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll have to fit into that role and introduce him not in a standalone Wolverine movie. Yeah. It really needs to be a supporting character to kind of warm us up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and let them kind of nail the character before you move on past that. So, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> um, I could just, for some reason, I just pictured me and you going to see the new X-Men movie and, and uh, we're in the theater and then some new guy comes out and we're both, we both look at each other and we say, that's not Wolverine. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to happen. You're right. Yeah, that's probably true. That ain't that's probably him. True. Mm-hmm. Who the heck's this guy? Who's this <laughs> yeah. joker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and quick side note, did you see the last X-Men movie? I think, was it Dark Phoenix or something like that? I didn't see that one. I want to. I want. No, to. you don't. No, you don't. Oh, was it really no, not good? It's it's terrible, dude. It's so bad. Mm. the The story moves at three hundred and fifty miles an hour, and I, I, by the end of the movie, I'm just like, well, somebody just kill everybody and let me go home. Like it's just so bad. Mm-hmm. I hated it. But hey, you watch it if you want to. But oof, I didn't like it. It it was. It seems like it was written. With a fast forward button on. I mean, there's no scene over two minutes long, dude. It's so fast. Oh, wow. wow. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Well, that movie aside, I really I really enjoyed the way they kind of rebooted the X-Men movies. 
they didn't really reboot them. They just said, oh, here's a younger version of all the characters. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, because there was even, uh, which, I can't remember which one it is, but the one where they go in time and it's like the original uh, Patrick Stewart and uh, and uh, whatever his name is. Yeah. It, it, so, I mean, I just love the way they did that. You yeah. Know, they, they, um, so. Yeah, it's Ian McKellen as Magneto. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And he's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, he's incredible. I, you know what? That's another one. That's a sneaky good one. Is uh, not Ian McKellen, but Michael Fassbender as uh, as Magneto, a young Magneto. Yeah, he actually yeah. did pretty good. I know that you said that. He actually sneaky good at that. I mean, think about he, him. And I wasn't sure when I first saw him. Like the, I forget, I they get all jumbled with mm-hmm. me and which movies it was. But but the first about this guy, but as as he developed, it was like yeah, 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 that's him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so I had Hugh Jackman Wolverine. What's yours? Okay, I'm going with the TV show now. I have Steve Carell as Michael Scott. Oh, man. Wow. I mean, there's just no other Michael Scott. There couldn't have been. There couldn't have been. No. I mean, even even the um, the... British show that the the office the British office that um, the American one's based off mm-hmm. of it was on it was only like one season and um, you know Ricky Gervais was the boss in that one and he was fine but there's no way there's no way the American office would have gone so long if it wasn't for Steve Carell true as Michael Scott absolutely true well I mean I I actually just read this uh, I think just a couple of days ago. Uh, they were talking with uh, one of the, I can't remember if it was a producer or direct or something like that. Anyway, someone on the kind of the upper shelf of the, making that show, Michael Scott, the mm-hmm. character left in season seven. <clears throat> mm-hmm. If I remember, I think it was season seven. He yes. actually, story-wise, was never supposed to leave the show. He was mm-hmm. never supposed to. The reason that Michael Scott got kicked or left the show the head honchos at NBC, Steve Carell, was getting movie roles and stuff, and they were scared he was going to, going to demand more money than he was, you know, had on his contract for the rest of the of the series. So they actually right. paid him out to leave the show and wrote him out of the show, and they didn't even give Steve Carell or his agent a chance to make a deal. They never gave him really? an opportunity. To even talk, ever. Dang, I bet he would. I bet he would have stayed because he like he's shown in that role. Like, I mean, I I like him in some of his movies. He's great, but 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 Michael Scott is his his character. Yeah, you know? yeah he. And I mean, you can as soon as he <clears throat> left. I mean, the the rest of the show was was good, but it was it was never quite the level it was when he yeah. was there. It was. It definitely took a. Took a little piece of the show with him for sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, I don't know because because Steve Carell in other movie roles and stuff, he of course he's going to have a little bit of that quirkiness and and, and his own you know self his own style of comedy, but mm-hmm. he's not Michael Scott anywhere else except in the office, <laughs> like ever. Right. And man. Look, looking back on it, because I mean, dude, how many times have you watched *The Office*? 
I mean, you watched it. But... It's kind of <laughs> kind of embarrassing. Honestly, yeah, I know. Right? I've seen, seen. I mean, I can. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's bad. And and <laughs> and every time, tell me you don't cringe a little bit when he opens his mouth to like Stanley or Oscar. Like, I mean, <laughs> just cringe yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. Here's a fun. Here's a fun side activity for this this one. What what do you think is the most cringeworthy Michael Scott moment in all of the oh, office? This is easy for me. This is easy for me. I believe it was the first season. This is when he is talking to Kelly, and it's where Kelly really became a big character. And he's looking at her, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Who am I? Who am I?" And he starts saying, "Do you want a cookie, cookie?" Do you want a cookie? Dude, that was so I, dude, that's that's hard. That's hard to watch, man. Yeah. Slap him and it's like, dude, that's so bad. <laughs> that is bad. So bad. My I think I think my most cringeworthy Michael Scott moment is Scott's Todd. Oh yes. He, when he has to go tell all those kids that he can't send them to college. Oh my gosh. It's hey, like, Mr. Scott, Ugh. what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make your dreams come true. Make your dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I mean, I'm like in so embarrassed. And he's like, you can't so... have a future without a laptop. And here's batteries for your laptop. <laughs> and then he goes, then he goes, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. They're lithium. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh. yeah. So so cringeworthy. Yeah, that's bad. So. I do have one that's outside Michael Scott. <laughs> I do have to say is when Kevin mm-hmm. is talking to Oscar about jail, and and he's like, "Oscar, you don't know about jail? Oh, you would love it." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, it's so yes. bad. Okay. Man, we could go down the rabbit hole bad with that, couldn't we, man? Woo. Maybe, maybe we should do an That's office episode. One. That that would be a good idea. It's good definitely idea. not one Amanda will listen we, to. Would we... it? <laughs> oh yeah, she don't like, she don't it, like it, it. What she? the heck? What's wrong with her? <laughs> oh gosh! All right, I'm gonna give you my next one. Okay. All yeah, right, go so... for it. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. Obviously the first one and, you know, the second one too. <laughs> and I think he may have been a little bit before our time. Was he a little bit of a... a he was kind of a big movie star before that movie, wasn't he? I know he was in The Fly. Yeah, he was in movies like... Yeah, I was going to say The Fly and some some other movies like that. He... um like the fly and yeah, exactly, exactly. Get the kid I do, I do feel like he had a little bit of yeah. a repertoire before he was in that role, though. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But but just Jeff yeah. Goldblum, and even now, like in the Thor movies and stuff like that, I like him. I, mm-hmm. I like watching him. I really do. Yeah. He's a he's a fun actor to watch. Mm-hmm. You, you're right. He's just a really fun yeah. actor to watch. And I feel like I don't feel like I'm watching him act. I just feel like I'm watching him be himself. Like he's not yeah. trying hard, <laughs> right? He's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're just, we're just gonna do it, and then yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, like. absolutely. Now, now I will admit, in the second one, he had a little bit of a kind of an actiony role, you know, more than the first one for sure. And he, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say he did bad at a little bit of an action guy, but he didn't do great either. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was supposed to really. 
But almost like the movie, the way it was yeah. written, him trying to protect his daughter and stuff like that, the movie was trying to push him to be a little bit of an action star. That's not him. That That's, yeah. that's not his character. Mm-hmm. But saying that, he still is Ian Malcolm. He still is that guy. Mm-hmm. And I loved his, um, I guess you'd call it a cameo in Jurassic World yes. 2. Um, when you know, because he was in there, as he was doing mm-hmm. the speech and and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that really was. By the, and by the way, for all of you, like me and Daniel, both love the Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Jurassic World movies. They're just yeah, so good. I mean, yeah, so good. Yeah, yes, it's dinosaurs, but dude, if you were born between like nineteen eighty and nineteen like ninety, and you don't like dinosaurs, <laughs> you go to hell. Just get away. Like, get out. Of here. <laughs> I mean, you know, my son, he is six years old and he loves dinosaurs too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's a thing. Definitely. I mean, I wanted to be a paleontologist in first grade. Well, who who does that? Like, All what right. is that? All right, oh, Ross. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Give me your next one. I ain't even touching that one. <laughs> All right, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Ooh. as Iron Man. Ooh, because that's just—I um, mean, he is Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that might take the cake, man. That, that, there's nobody else mm-hmm. that could play Iron Man. I mean, there's just not mm-hmm. because he's the—he's the perfect yes. Tony Stark. Yes, the perfect that's Tony what's Stark. important. Yes. And because here's the here's the thing about Iron Man, as opposed to a lot of other super superhero characters, is only for a little bit in the first movie is he trying to be secretive about it. But after that, the whole world knows Tony yeah. Stark is Iron Man. It's not like a secret identity and stuff. So he doesn't have to have these two different characters. It's Tony Stark is the character. Absolutely. And and I had another observation with him, and and see if you can follow me on this one. Tony Stark takes Tony Stark into being Iron Man and makes them kind of meld together. Bruce Wayne does not do mm-hmm. that with Batman. Clark Kent does not do that with Superman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say Deadpool and Wade Wilson do that, you know, because basically, you know, mm-hmm. the same person just with a suit on. But I feel like the Tony Stark snarkiness the attitude the 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 playboyish attitude stuff like that that actually yes. fits in with the iron man character himself you know what i'm saying like i feel like that mm-hmm. i feel like that yeah. is what really makes it stand out to me yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and he just nails down stark so much man like what did he do shave and he got yeah. the role like is that pretty much it <laughs> he didn't really have to try <laughs> too hard i think so i mean when you go back to iron man one it's a lot darker than you may remember it being. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I mean, it's some heavy, it's a heavy movie, like mm-hmm. heavy themes of war, heavy themes of like of Tony Stark realizing what his company has done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's a dark movie. Yeah. And, and, and to see where he was then and then to see where he is, you know, at um, the last yeah. Avengers movie was just, it's just a, it's a long story. I mean, it really <laughs> is. It really is, yeah. It really is. He he has 
and and, ju- and just man, Robert Downey Jr. himself has been through a lot. I mean, whether it be growing up and then jail and you know rehab, you know what I mean, things like mm-hmm. that. He's been through a lot, and he really seems to have not only enjoyed playing that character. But he himself has said, I am Iron Man, and there will not be another Iron Man. I will always be Iron Man. Right. And he's absolutely right. And he's earned the right to say that. <laughs> yeah, and and I wonder, this is just speculation, and he may have said it somewhere or something, I don't know, but like I wonder if him latching on to this role has helped him stay clean and stay um, yeah. out of trouble, really. You know? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. That's a real good point. <laughs> Because I could totally see that because because uh, mental issues can can have a devastating effect on people. But if you latch on to something and become more than what you are and feel important, that can help help that. So Yeah. And there's no amount of money. There's no fame. There's no nothing that, you know, can keep you away from the creepy hand of whether it be depression or addiction or something like that. Like it hits everybody. And right. if you have something you can latch on to and kind of keep you, you know, rising above all that. Hey. I mean, why not go all in on it? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And this is Dr. Fraser Crane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be Dr. Phil, but don't get me started on that, too. <laughs> all right, oh, so who Lord. you got next? Okay, so I did Jeff Goldblum. So this next one, I'm not the biggest fan of the Terminator series. I mean, they're cool, I guess, whatever. They're just really... It's not really my cup of tea for some reason, but mm-hmm. Arnold is the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Period. Most definitely. Period. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the first Terminator was cool. T two obviously is probably, you know, probably the best one in all franchise. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty universally agreed upon. But Arnold, man, it's and you know what? It's not even necessarily like the big muscles and stuff because he wasn't exactly like a big muscly figure necessarily in the movie. It's just that, Mm -hmm. that jaggedness, that roboticness Mm -hmm. that he was supposed to portray. And he did. And And that I'm, I'm just going to say it, that jawline. (laughs) Yeah. It was sculpted out of metal, wasn't it? (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm I'm just not big on the Terminator series, man. I feel like the Mm -hmm. story I tried watching the of uh, you know the one two and two, and then after that, man, they got so much time splits and timelines. It's, I mean, it's like they're trying to be the X Men and didn't know it. Like it's just so confusing. Yeah. So I'm not that big of a franchise, and I don't really have too much really to, to to chew on that one. But I do have to admit that Arnold as, as a Terminator, and you know what, e- even his ability somehow to show a relationship with, with, you know, with little John Connor in T2, mm-hmm. but he's supposed to be this jagged machine. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something yeah. there that he really captured really, really well, really well. And I mean, and, and just look at it. I mean, he went on to become governor and they called him the governor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. So, like, I mean, you know. Oh, God bless America. Oh, me. But it's better. I don't want to picture him as Mr. Freeze, though, because that was kind of a train wreck. But... <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He literally busts in the wall of that party and goes, freeze. Like, that's all he's saying. 
Oh god! Oh my gosh! Yes, I, I totally forgot about that role. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think we need to get together and watch that movie That's just so, as a comedy. Yes, I think we could have a lot of fun with it. So bad! It was so <laughs> bad. What, hold on, I'm, I'm getting bright little little brain brain fart here. What what is that he says at the end when he gives Batman the the serum or something? Oh, yeah, he's like. Take two and call me in the morning or something like that. He's, he's like a doctor. And it's like, stop, man. What are we doing? So yeah. Man. And he like, doesn't he like shoot somebody at some point? And he's like, I hate it when people talk during the movie. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, that is terrible. That might be one of the worst castings ever, Chris. That might be so bad. Well, Here's the thing, that was that's just bad writing. Because I mean, he True. said every line they gave him. I'm sure he didn't make all that up. I'm sure he didn't go, ooh, ooh. Let yeah. me say this here. True. <laughs> yeah, you're you're probably right on that. I can't imagine someone saying, "Oh, he's doing a bad job." Someone had to say, "Yes, that's exactly what I want him to do." You know what I mean? <laughs> right. What right. an idiot! Whoever that was. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Well, that went off. That went off left field quick, my man. Yes, that was great. All right. Do you you got another one? It's always good for a laugh. Yeah, you got another one. I do. I actually thought of this one while we were talking because we didn't discuss this okay. one ahead of time. But uh, um, this is a, a recent one actually. But Henry Cavill or Cavill as the Witcher. Oh yes. My goodness. But he. I mean, and, and talk about tough to do. I mean, there's already video games and books, but he like, imbo- I've read the books and played the video games and he embodies the best mixture of all of that. Mm-hmm. And he, like, I don't think anybody else could have done as good of a job as him. I mean, he yeah. nailed it. Yeah, I, I remember that show, even when uh, when he was cast, it seemed like to me that, that it was so negative around the casting him as that. Mm-hmm. And they they tried real fast to get him in costume and get something out there to to show people, hey, this mm-hmm. is how it's going to look. I, I really feel like from the start, they had full confidence in mm-hmm. him that he could do a good job. I really yeah. do feel like yeah, that. The studio definitely has his back. And yeah, yeah, he uh, mm-hmm. he did good. But dude, that show, that ooh man, that is a far out show, bro. I'm not going to lie. The Witcher's mm-hmm. far out there, man. I mean that is something else. It is. It is. Well, it's like it's like kind of fantasy, but it's like almost set in an unknown fantasy. Kind yes, of yes, does absolutely, it does. It is its own thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really good one, though, and it is recent. But you know I, that doesn't take away from any of any of it. I mean, mm. I mean, because you could go recent, like you said, with Tom Holland being Spider Man. You know. That's true. So, yeah. But no, that's a good one. All right, I'm going to give you my last one here, and I'm sure we're probably missing a bunch. Okay. And like we said, we are not talking Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. We've kind of hit that, you know, multiple times. I mean, they're all iconic, and it just, mm-hmm. I mean, Viggo Mortensen. Do I mean, I'm not even yeah. going to start that. That's, you know, that's an obvious one. So. <laughs> right, right. My last one, <laughs> and I might do this, guys, too. So Alan Rickman as Snape and Hans Gruber in mm-hmm. Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snape, 
You know, he was also the sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I don't remember that. Was he really? And he, 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 yeah, so good too. I mean, he's just a phenomenal True. actor. But, but definitely, but definitely Snape and Hans Gruber. I mean, nobody else could. There's mm-hmm. no other Snape. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no other Snape. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't read the books before I saw the movies. Okay, but and I, I didn't yeah. either, actually. So. And, and I guess you could say that kind of spoils it, but. Alan Rickman, and it's not just his sound of his voice; it's it's the way he talks in general. Like even in his interviews and mm-hmm. stuff, he can try to be happy and upbeat and have a good attitude, but I just feel like he's always pissed off. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> so it, yeah, he really did good. Let me ask you this little little curveball who's going at you: Is Snape mm-hmm. one of the most tragic characters ever written? I think Not so. Not saying the most, just one of. I, I would agree with that because, I mean, think about it this way. There was never really a point in his life where he got what he wanted or was where he mm-hmm. wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. So, yeah. I, I, and he was pretty much, you know, a spy for Dumbledore and all that kind of stuff. But even when he didn't need to be necessarily, he was still told to shut his mouth. Like, you just shut up and let me do this. I mean, he was being used. He really was being used. And he was miserable mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it was almost like, almost like, almost like he was being used. But that wasn't what made him miserable. What made him miserable was that he was never with Lily. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up dying. And then I think, I think he lost the will for everything else. So then it was just kind of like, he was almost like True. a shell of a person, a shell of a yeah character. And just kind of was like, well, this, this is what I'm doing yeah. now. This, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's actually a very, very good point. A very, very good point. Well, those are definitely some really, really good, perfect castings. And I'm sure there's more that we missed. I mean, I, you know, that there, there's other ones I'm sure we missed. And, you know, maybe voice actors and stuff like that. I can't remember his name, like the guy that plays Optimus Prime's voice. I feel like his name's leaving me right now. Mm-hmm. But just things like that. I'm sure there's other ones we're missing, but I feel like that's a pretty solid list, dude. I feel like both of us, I feel like that's pretty hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's pretty good. All right, so the, <clears throat> the next one that I want to hit, just real quick, <laughs> replayable game stories. To you, and just give me one if you can. It can be a series. It doesn't have to be one single game. What's a good replayable game story to you? I think for me, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say the series and then I'll narrow it down to one of the series. Pretty much any of the Final Fantasy games. Really? Me, like I can, I, I'm playing through Final Fantasy VII again, mainly just because the remake's coming out. Or it's, I think it actually comes out like right now, basically tonight or today. But um, um, I just wanted to play through it again, the original again, just to kind of compare. And it's still just as fun. And but seven's not the one I was going to say. Actually, Final Fantasy ten is probably my favorite of the whole ones that have been out now. And I've, I've played through it so many times, and I could. Play through it again. I can start tomorrow. Wow. Play through it again. It's just nice. that good. Now, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I've never, ever played any Final Fantasies. I know nothing about them. 
I really don't. That's just one game mm-hmm. that, and it's a PlayStation exclusive, isn't it? Is is that right? Um, this, yeah, I think it is. They aren't all like some of them are like Final Fantasy Fifteen's on okay. Xbox, but I don't I don't know how. There's some kind of weird licensing gotcha. thing. Gotcha. But gotcha. yeah, yeah. For for some reason, and I honestly couldn't tell you, man. That's just one franchise I never touched. I never got into. I never did so, but mm-hmm. that's interesting to hear that the story actually sticks with you that much because that game has it not been around since the early nineties. Yeah, like I mean, the first the first Final Fantasy game came out for the original Nintendo. No, so kid, I didn't know that either. Since since the eighties, yeah, and um, yeah, there were there were three that came out for regular Nintendo. Only two of them in Japan. I mean, two of them were only in Japan. And then four, four and five in Japan, and so four and six came out on the Super okay. Nintendo here. But it's it's weird naming because here because the other ones didn't come out here. Here they were Final Fantasy two and Final Fantasy three. Uh, okay, but technically they were Final Fantasy four and Final I'm Fantasy six, which then and then of course seven, eight, and nine came out for a regular PlayStation. 10, 11, and 12 came out for PlayStation 2, 13, PS3. 14 is like an like a online multiplayer okay. MMO. And 15 is out on the gotcha. newest gens. Yes, I know all of that <laughs> because I've been a fan for a really you long nerd. time. <laughs> You're a nerd. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. I, I played Final Fantasy games before they were cool because they're pretty, they're pretty widely accepted now. But when I started playing them, they were not. They were. It was kind of like you ain't playing yeah, Tecmo yeah. Super Bowl. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting, man. I, I'm gonna have to give those a look. I really feel like I need to do, at least give them a try. You know what I mean? It's just something that's so mm-hmm. iconic and been out there so long. I at least can give it a shot. I think I think you would like 15, knowing what you play and what you like. I think you would like 15 because it's more of a action RPG type okay. thing than a straight up gotcha. JRPG. I think you would. I think you would okay. like it. A okay. Lot. Okay. Good deal. Well, I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna give you mine, and mm-hmm. th- to be honest mm-hmm. with you, buddy, this one was kind of hard for me to choose. Right off the bat, I yeah. want to say the Ezio trilogy with Assassin's Creed. I did. I played. Mm-hmm. I played through all those so many times, man. I mean, I, I know the map of Rome <laughs> and and, the, and Brotherhood better than I do my own town. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really do, but yeah. this one was hard, but I, th- I really thought about it, and I, I have to go with the Red Dead Redemption series, one and two, okay? It's mm-hmm. the environment, the, the setting, you know, the end of the Old West kind of thing, It's it, it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with any of that. Red Dead Redemption, the first one, was the first game to where I truly sat down to play and I said, okay, I'm letting loose with this one. I'm putting my guard down. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to let myself mm-hmm. sink into this game, this story. You know what I mean? Cause I never was a big mm-hmm. book reader growing yeah. up. That just wasn't my thing. I, you know, I read a few mm-hmm. here and there, but Red Dead Redemption was the first one where I truly let it all go and sunk into it. And it just stuck with me, man. The the of course the whole redemption process and stuff like that. The character of John Marston, 
the voice actor of him, he actually probably would have been a good good one for this list as well. Um, and then the second one, mm-hmm. I was so skeptical because it was a prequel. How are you going to do a prequel? Right, right, right. We know what they were going to do, but we know what happens at the end. How are you going to do this? And dude, I don't have. You, did you play through it? Did you play the? Okay. Yeah. They did yeah, such a yeah. good job. They did so good, man. And if you really, I believe if yeah. you really let your guard down and just buy into, I don't want to say caring about these characters, but you know what I'm saying? Like you truly try to enjoy it. I feel like it's hard. It, it's, I feel like yeah. it's up there. I feel like it's very, very, very replayable just because of the, uh, each character you can really learn to care about. You can really learn something about them and you buy into mm-hmm. them. You invest in them. I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it, man. Mm-hmm. That's some good ones, and and I'm I, you might you might not like me for saying this, but I mm-hmm. have an unpopular opinion. I think I enjoyed Red Dead Redemption one more than I enjoyed Red Dead Redemption two, hmm. and that's that's weird. I know. And and that's not a that's not a knock on RDR two. Mm-hmm. That's just how much I enjoyed the first one because it was so yes. different from everything yes. else I played before. Yes, you know. And so I think I mean obviously graphics and controls were way better mm-hmm. in Red Dead two, but just going from the sheer time of when I first played RDR one and RDR two. I mean, right, it's close. Yeah. It's not like a big yeah. gap. I'm just saying, just just slightly, just slightly. I, I no. man, yeah. I'd be also, I'd be split. I'd be split. I, I could really go either way. Mm-hmm. I, if I had to choose one, gun to the head. Yeah. I'm gonna say the first one as well, but for me, it's just really split. Because to me, it's all one story. You know what I mean? To to me. To me, the second yeah, one, since it is true. a prequel, it just elaborates and pumps up the first one to begin with. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, yeah, so it's right, pretty good. Right, it's pretty so. good. Well, buddy, I, I I think we nailed it. I really do think we nailed it with this man. I really do. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, I think I'm gonna go replay Red Dead Redemption Two right now. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. And hey, guys, thank you for listening. And be sure to like our page on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. We're probably going to be pumping some of these out, especially with the quarantine. So stay up to date. Thank you, buddy. uh, We'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to Flicks and Joysticks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please click the subscribe button below to never miss an episode. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.